Welcome to the Rooted and Established podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Snyder, and I'm so glad you're here, taking time out of your busy life to join in the conversation. In this space, we'll discuss what it means to live a life rooted in Christ and what that looks like practically in the different areas of our lives. Through short, manageable episodes that you can listen to while doing the dishes or taking a shower, we'll talk about how to live our lives intentionally as Christ followers. My prayer is that in whatever roles we fill or responsibilities we have, no matter where we are planted, we will become rooted and established in Christ. Welcome to the show, Kate. I am so glad that you are here joining us today. I met Kate years ago through some ministry things that we had. We lived locally, and it has just been a pleasure to continue to watch your journey mostly online and do some things with you. And I am just so grateful that you are coming on the show today. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love talking to women, moms, all of it. I love it. It's great. So you actually did a women's ministry or a women's retreat with me. And that was so fun too. It was so fun. It was such a blast. I I love love that. I'll never forget it. It's Tahoe's great too. You can't yeah. be mm-hmm. Lake Tahoe. Yeah. So um, I just want you to take a minute and introduce yourself, your family, what you're up to these days, your mission and your ministry. So share with us a little bit. Awesome. My husband, Cole and I, we're celebrating 15 years this year awesome. of marriage. We had four kids in five years and our <laughs> kids are now ages five, seven, nine, and 11. Um, we spent let's see, 11 years in the Sacramento area as pastors, which is how Lauren and I met. And then three and a half years ago, we moved to Redding, California and transitioned to lead an organization nonprofit called Moral Revolution. Uh, We absolutely love it. We can't believe we get to do this like all the time. We've (laughs) always been so passionate about the topic. So the fact that we get to do this um, is just a dream come true. So basically Moral Revolution exists to talk about God's design for sexuality. Mm -hmm. I always like to say it, let's tell the world a better story about sex Um, because really historically the church has either silenced it or shamed it. The world has perverted it, but we believe the kingdom of God celebrates it, um, that it's a gift from God. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. It's just about how we have to go back to the intentional design of the Lord. So we do it from everybody, um, like from young teenagers, right? That's, I think typically people think, oh, like a purity movement. Yes. For, you know, high school, college, young adults, but we have a lot of content also for marriages and how to have a healthy sex life inside of your marriage. We have loads of content for parents on how to have the conversation with your kids and resources. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're focusing on today. So we love talking about sex from all angles. We love talking (laughs) about having good sex inside of marriage, celebrating good sex, um, and not letting the the world win the story about sex. That's great. Well, and that's that's such a key point is that sexual integrity doesn't end when you get married. You still you, yep. you know so that you start at the beginning and then and younger ages, but then also carry that for the adults into marriage and what that can look like to live with sexual integrity yes. your whole life. I think that's yes. so one hundred percent. But yes, we are talking more about. Uh, the idea of living in a really hypersexualized culture and how we can help our kids navigate that um, in a really healthy and biblical way. So share with us a little bit kind of more of the problem. Like, let's start there with what is the problem that we're facing as a culture, as a, you know, big C church? Um, What, what's that problem that we're facing right now? 
Yeah, the statistics, this, bleh, here we go. The statistics are very alarming. Um, and I think, I think as Christians in the big C church, sometimes we like to stay in like a little naive bubble. Mm-hmm. And because of what we do, I mean, we were youth pastors for years before doing this. So we know what it's actually like that, you know, we're like, we weren't in a bubble then. And now, you know, going full on into this world, you're like, yep, it's a mess. And I just think that's the statistics of, um, pornography is such a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, I, I don't have the stats on me. And so I don't want to misquote some of them. You can find them on our website. Um, this one I know for sure is children are exposed between the ages of eight to 10. That is the mm-hmm. average exposure of pornography. Um, 94% will see it by 14. Wow. That's wild. And that's just, I know I'm like, that is just, it's insane. Like it is not okay. It's an injustice. It is not okay. Mm-hmm. But we also, as moms, we don't get to stay in our naive bubbles. So I'm very passionate about saying, look, it's not what it was when we grew up. So some mm-hmm. of us in our generation that are now parenting, we're like, oh yeah, I remember like finding a magazine or, um, you know, seeing my uncle's like stash or something, you know, like there's so many different situations and scenarios from, you know, that we can maybe relate, but we don't understand what it's like now. Like it's porn in their pockets. It's mm. porn access at every 30 seconds. It changes 88% of porn is violent in nature. Mm. I don't even like saying the words to describe the violence. It's right. so horrific. I mean, it's just, we can't imagine. So personally, my story is I've actually never seen pornography. Um, neither has my husband when he, I mean, he found magazines when he was in that age range, I think seven, uh, but he, he had parents that really raised him well, you know, he knew who he was and he ran away from it. But other than that, we don't have any personal exposure to porn. And I know even that, like, that's like a crazy statistic, like yeah. the fact that neither of us have. Cause I think every time we speak in rooms and like conferences, a lot of times in different environments, we'll be like, you know, raise or stand up. If you've been exposed to pornography, it's the whole room, you know, like yeah. everybody has a story with it. Um, and you know, at different varying levels, but it's, it's outrageous what it does to the brain, what it does to our souls and our spirits. And so not understanding that our children, we want to live in denial that like, oh, my kids wouldn't. Mm. Um, but it's just not true. My fifth grader who's 10 years old or turning 11. Um, he said to my husband the other day in the car, he's like, dad, I can't believe I'm the only fifth grader, fifth grade boy who hasn't seen porn at my school. And he goes to a small private Christian school. So I'm like, we just, we can't stay unaware. And then also realizing that in our culture, we've already been so desensitized to think that porn is only the triple X pornography that's on the, you know, whatever. It's like when I tried to take my kids to the movies and Victoria's Secret has a 10 foot, you know, woman outside of their store with her legs spread in laundry. I'm like, that was porn. Like that was my, like, uh, that's when I was a kid. I'm like, Ooh, that's porn. Right. Um, or movies or I mean, the number one song in America is completely pornographic with their music video that was performed on the Grammys. Like Mm -hmm. there's porn everywhere and realizing we can't allow ourselves to be desensitized. I'm so passionate as parents about calling it what it is when we see it with our children. Um, I remember taking our kids to a Sacramento Kings game for the first time. I was really hesitant. I'm like, I don't want my son to see this dancers. Yeah. Like a lot of what they're doing, especially, I don't want to like, I'm not trying to shame all, you know cheerleaders and dancers or whatever their role is but I mean like they were scantily dressed and basically acting like strippers and the way they were dancing the songs like everything and so I was just like 
man, I do not want to subject my child to this. And it was so awesome because I hadn't talked to him about it. I just was like waiting to see what it was going to be like and then talk to him about it. And the second the halftime show started and they came out and started doing their thing, my son, who is, I think, five or six at the time, turns to me, puts his hand over my eyes and goes, mommy, we can't look. <laughs> He's like, their tummies are showing. I'm like, you're right, bud. You're right. It's so inappropriate. So just teaching our kids all the time. If there's a commercial, if there's a song, if there's something like, I'm like, nope, that's not okay. Like we, we guard our eyes, we guard our hearts. So it's just about, I think a lot of times our own sexual shame, our own sexual history, our own being desensitized we don't speak up. We don't have a voice. And it's Mm -hmm. so important. I love just equipping and empowering moms and dads to know they have to have the voice. They have the power of first mention with their kids. Their kids need to know they are the right person to talk to about it. Because if they lean on the Google bar, (laughs) it is not going to be pretty. No, no, that's, that's why I know. I think that that whole idea of desensitization, I, I, I felt that the other day I was, it was a commercial. It was like an underwear commercial. My kids were watching basketball with my husband and it was, it would just caught me off guard. And it was something that I probably would have missed, but because I saw it through their eyes, I was like, oh yeah, that's not cool. Like I'm not okay with that. We need to, we need to figure out how to shut that down. Um, and, and so I think going, going at it from the perspective, from their perspective, um, will help us to kind of resensitize ourselves and be, be more aware of that. That's, it's so key. And, and so good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's pervasive. It's everywhere. everywhere. And, and it's not going anywhere either. Like mm-hmm. that's, it's not, it doesn't it seems to just be getting worse. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, like you mentioned the Grammys and, and songs and commercials, like something that seems so innocent or that would have been super shocking 20 years ago just isn't anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, it, it is. It really is a yeah. problem and it, it's messing with um, our psychology. It's messing with our hearts, our yeah. relationship with the Lord. And sometimes we don't even realize it. Yeah. And that's, it's so, it can be really hard and maybe daunting to navigate. But I think if we, if we just bury our head in this sand, it's not going to solve the problem and it's not going to go away. So how, how can we as parents and even as church, you know, churches, whether that's ministry leaders or youth pastors, or even just like volunteer leaders, what can we do to help kids navigate this? Yeah. Um, well, I think I would start with this kind of my like motto for life (laughs) is, uh, (laughs) the truth is so foreign because the lies are so familiar. Yeah. So the truth about sexuality is so foreign and the lies are so familiar. Like nobody knows, like, where do you go to find the truth about sex? Like, you know what I mean? Like you're literally inundated and bombarded daily with the lies about sex and the perversion and the hypersexuality and, um, transgenderism. Like there's just, it's in an inundation of Mm -hmm. disgusting, like perversion and, um, really debilitating things for our life. So it's like, how do you find the truth? And so it's so important that we take the ownership and responsibility upon ourselves to dig in, to find the truth about God's design for sexuality. Mm. And that's not easy, right? Because we, even us that are probably parenting little ones now, like we're still part of that generation of like, whatever they used to say, microwave generation. Like we want it fast. We want (laughs) what's easy, so much easier to Netflix than it is to like get out a book and read it. Like 
So I'm like, oh man, it takes intentionality to learn the truth about sex, to feel comfortable having healthy language of how to talk about sex. And then also healing our own sexual histories, past or present. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really where it starts, right? Cause I'm like, it's the whole, you can't lead somewhere, someone, somewhere you're not going or you're not willing to go. Yeah. Also as parents, like just passing it down generational, like I'm so passionate about us breaking general cur- generational curses. Um, whether that's something like divorce and broken homes, whether that's sexual sin, we can break the cycle, but we have to do the work. Um, so for me, my story and journey started by going to counseling and getting healed. Um, you know, I had confessed all of my sexual sin from before, uh, for me, it was mostly before I knew Christ. I mean, there was some after too, but my, my story is like inundated with lots of promiscuity and lots of painful history and lots of trauma. Mm -hmm. And I think in the church, we, we need to increase the tools we, to help people with that. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me going through ministry training school and discipleship, it looked like confessing. It looked like repenting. It looked like forgiving. Like I did all of those things and they were all good. And, you know, I knew I was a new creation. I had no doubt I wasn't entertaining sexual sin anymore. Like I was done. But then when I got married, what really the easiest way to sum it up was that I had known lust for so long. It was so impossible for me to believe love Mm. could be real. So even though I personally had a husband who didn't have a sexual history, didn't have a porn history, I still couldn't receive his pure love because all I had known was the lust from young boys and men. And then also just what culture shows. So for me, it looked like healing from my past, going through counseling and EMDR sessions to really heal the trauma of the mm-hmm. moments of pressure from my past that taught my body to go into fight or flight when it came to sex. Um, and then it also meant being willing to talk to my husband about it and also stop watching really simple shows. Like we didn't watch <laughs> like, like, I don't know, I can't even think I, I haven't seen like one of those like bad shows in a while, but I know like, you know, we've been told that there's so many popular shows that are just inundated with sex everywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't even imagine, but we used to watch like law and order SVU or criminal minds, like really Mm -hmm. simple shows that aren't like, you know, bad shows necessarily, but they show sex in a negative light. It's broken. It's Mm -hmm. rape. It's hurt. And I'm like, so I'm not going to want to like chill while the kids are, we're trying to put the kids down. So we watch a show before we like spend time together. I don't know any other mamas out there. You're like, I can't go from like zero to a hundred with my husband. You know, you're like, let's wait till the kids are down before we try to talk, before we try to kiss, before we try to do anything, just make sure they're actually sleeping. Yes. So our tool normally is to watch a show. Well, I'm like, I can't watch SVU with nasty, broken sexuality and then think, oh, I want to go have sex. Like my brain doesn't separate the two, you know, like you're, another way I say it is just like, we're being trained by what we're entertained by. Mm -hmm. So what we're watching and letting ourselves be entertained by is affecting us in some way or not. It's like most of the moms in this generation would probably relate to the whole like idea of like, Oh, I just like the beat. It's not the lyrics. Like even we (laughs) said it, I'm like, you know, our teenagers today might still be saying it, but I'm like, I said that too. Like, Oh, but I'm like, Hey, first of all, there are Christian rappers out there that are amazing. And that's what we listen to. But also it's just, we think that the lyrics or the shows are, you know, I just fast forward and I'm not saying we don't have some things that we watch and fast forward through, but I'm like, in general, it's just that like, it it almost feels like being slimed by it. You know, you're just like, Oh, you just feel yucky. I can't go entertain it. So starting with yourself, starting with your marriage, starting with healing your sexual history, just to break the soul ties, the sexual Mm -hmm 
cycles, um, all of the generational stuff, like go after that. That's really heavy. I know it sounds, it, it's hard work. Like it's not yeah. easy, <laughs> like going to counseling. We, it took me 18 months. Um, my first go to really get free and whole and release from trauma. Um, I was diagnosed with PTSD and I'm like, I was never quote unquote raped. I was never, I, there's so many lies the enemy uses to keep us from doing mm. that and going there. Cause we're like, oh man, um, like it wasn't that bad. Other people have a worse right. story than me, or I should just get over it or God forgave me. And I'm new, like all of the things we tell ourselves, but I'm like, no, there's actual, and it would be a whole nother podcast, episode, <laughs> but the science behind what's actually yeah. going on in your brain. Like I remember learning and understanding what happened in my brain. And, um, we have a whole podcast on it. So yeah, moral revolution has, we have a podcast that they can go listen to. Um, the science behind sex is an episode. That's great. So going after your own personal healing and freedom is where you need to start. That's probably Mm -hmm. hard. Yes, I know. But then you're going to feel free and comfortable and passionate about saying, okay, I'm going to equip and empower my kids and do better for them than was done for me. Um, and making sure your home is very intentional about talking to them and preparing them, um, for all things sexuality. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, and I think so, I mean, statistically, most people have some sort of sexual baggage that they need to heal from or process through. Mm -hmm. And so if, if you don't want to take that into your parenting or you want to break those generational curses, you got to start there. You got to deal with that so that it doesn't kind of seep in to your parenting or how you handle this with your kids. And I think that is, well, like you said, hard. While that is hard, it is vital, not only for your own spiritual and emotional health, but also for your kids. Totally. So you mentioned the Moral Revolution podcast and I mean, the website is full of stuff, but what are some resources that you would recommend for parents to help explain this to their kids? I've I've heard that um, who on any topic, not just sex, but on any topic, whatever, whoever a kid hears from it first is the expert. So if they hear about X, Y, Z thing on the playground from their buddy, Joe, Joe's now the expert on that even if he's the same age or younger, like he is the expert. And so if there's one thing I really want to be the expert on, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's sex. And yeah. I want my kids to come to me and talk to me about it. I mm-hmm. want them to feel open and feel like they can come and keep this conversation going yeah. throughout their life. Yeah. Uh, so what are some resources that we can have to broach this conversation with them to talk to them about just God's design for sex, but then also things to protect them, like actual things to protect them from our super hyper-sexualized, sexualized culture. Yes. Okay. Get ready. (laughs) I have so many (laughs) Get a pen and paper. (laughs) Get a pen and paper. Um, if you go to my Instagram, which I know Lauren's going to link, um, you can go to my highlight bubbles on Instagram where you can, um, one of them is called talking about sex with your kids. One of them is called porn prevention. I think those two have everything, um, with swipe ups to these resources. So if you're like, I just want to swipe up and go get them, do that. But, um, okay. Specifically a great place to start is the God's design for sex series. They have a series of books. The first book that you would get is how to talk to your kids about sex. It's Mm. for the parents. Then they have children, like children's books that are age appropriate. The first one is age three to five. 
six to eight, um, nine to 11, and then 12 to 16. So they have four books. Mm -hmm. So every mama listening, you've probably got a kid in (laughs) one or two or three or four of those age ranges, just buy the whole series and you read them to your kids. And here's the thing, pray before, ask the Lord to give you so much clarity and confidence. Cause I think, like you said, it's the power of first mention, you're the expert, but also you don't want them to feel you being nervous. Like when they ask questions, when you don't know the answer, you can say, you know what? I'm so glad you asked mommy that I'm going to get back to you. Cause I don't know the answer or I need to think about that one. Not like, Oh, I don't know. You know, yeah. like don't freeze. You just show, I have the confidence about this things. I don't know. I'm going to get back to you. I'm the right person to ask. You can mm-hmm. ask me anything, anytime, anywhere. Also, we need to learn to not be alarmed. They might say the word sex and you're like, what do they think of that? So you mm-hmm. ask questions, you get curious with them to see where are they at? What did they hear? What do they think that is? They might think it's, I think my kid's first response when they were young on the playground and hearing it, they thought it was like mommy and daddy's wrestling in bed or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, we think they know, insert this into here. They don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> they So really asking questions, being curious, having confidence when you speak to them, but then what these books do, they're going to do that for you because you're not worrying. I'm like, Oh, is this age appropriate? Are they too young? They're written. They have been tested. They're on their second round. So, um, like they're by Stan Jones and Brenna Jones, husband and wife, and he's a PhD. He is a professor of psychology at Wheaton college and nationally recognized Christian expert on sexuality. That's who wrote this. I mean, he's Mm. amazing. And you're going to have something for every age range and you just go with your kids at their rate and just see like what they're comfortable with. But the first one is like literally the story of me. And so it's simply just teaching kids where they come from, how mm-hmm. the body works, breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just shows them everything. You guys are going to love these books. So that's the whole series. Start there. Um, another book that really is like, it's very similar, but I don't know why it was my kid's favorite is called The Wonderful Way Babies Are Made by Larry Christensen. Again, it's a children's book. These aren't, we have to demystify this. And we also need to stop thinking it's, we're going to sit down and have the talk one day. Mm. No, no, no. You're going to have talks weekly. You're going to have talks (laughs) monthly. You're going to talk all the time about your bodies and about sexuality. You're going to have constant conversations. These books shouldn't be like saved somewhere for a special day. Like put them on their shelves with all their books. This is Mm -hmm. when they pull out a book, you know, you're like, oh, we're going to read this one tonight. It's just a part of life. It's a part of the way God made us. So the wonderful way babies are made. Those are both faith-based. Now, um, I'm going to share a couple of resources that are specifically for porn prevention. And I talk about this on my Instagram stories too, so you can go find it. But Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, it's an amazing book. It's by um, a ministry called Protect Young Minds, or I guess I should say organization. They're not a Christian affiliated, which I love because they want to reach everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Because the porn Mm -hmm. prevention is for, we want to save every kid and we want to prevent every child. There's no bad child that's trying to introduce all their friends to porn. It's they were introduced. They probably were told, oh, keep it a secret. And then they're introducing others the same way they were, right? Right. So this is for every child. Um, And then they also have, if you are a mom listening and you have an eight to 12 year old, they have an online video curriculum that is Mm. amazing called brain defense. And it's, um, they literally did these video series with what they call the brain gang, which is a group of like 12 to 14 year olds. So it's Mm. like, they're watching somebody a little older than them, tell them this. 
And you're probably like, oh man, I can't talk about pornography with my kid that they're so young. They don't need to know. You're right. They don't need to know what it is. It's giving them the language to be able to recognize it and reject it when it comes. Mm -hmm. It's going to come. So whether it's, and this is why I love good pictures, bad pictures. They have a junior version which you could honestly read probably at age three, the junior version just shows them, here's a good picture, like a picture of the bridge and the Eiffel Tower and these pretty red flowers. And then this would be a bad picture. This is inappropriate. It's giving them language and showing them what to do when they see something bad. Mm. So it's like you run, you tell, you cover your eyes, you run away and you tell an adult. So it's just teaching them the language and preparing them. This is going to happen. Something inappropriate. They will see whether it's on a commercial, whatever it is. So the junior version the um, original version, get both of those in your house. Those are amazing. And then, like I said, the online video curriculum is incredible. And for those listening, cause I'm so passionate about this, the brain defense, what they did was they made it a curriculum that you can take into schools. It's supposed mm. to be shown in school. So you can do it at home, you know, do some evenings with your kids, whatever you can do it in your homeschool curriculum, if you're homeschooling, but if your kids are in a school, take this curriculum to your principal and say, our children need this in our Mm. school. And what they've done is they have faith-based supplements. You can add on, they have Protestant, Catholic, Jewish, Mormon. So like, if you have a school system like that, you can add that supplement on to make it, you know, what you want to be faith-based, but it's not faith-based. It's just understanding our brain, our feeling brain, our thinking brain. It shows them not to be addicted to screens. It also teaches them how to deal with cyberbullying. And for some of us mamas, we didn't grow up with this. We don't understand. Like, I think we had MySpace by the time I was in college. Like, I don't (laughs) know what it would be like a teenager having like a phone with social media. Like Mm. we have to equip our kids. So it's ages like third to fifth grade. And I went to our school's principal and they are doing it. I'm so excited. (laughs) So the first year they're taking all of third to fifth grade through it. And then every year from here on out, every third grade class will go through it. And I'm like, literally, this is saving lives. This is protecting children. So much harm, so much pain, because they're going to feel equipped and empowered to know what to do when they see something. And so it's life changing. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, I'll share two more resources really quickly. I know I'm inundating you with them, but they're all (laughs) so important parents to get these. Um, one, uh, is also called, I think I need to add this to my Instagram. Actually, uh, it's called good people. It's kind of the same concept, um, as the good pictures, bad pictures. It's kind of good people, bad people, mm. because we have to realize, and this is definitely like a children's book. Like you're reading this ages three to six, three to seven. And it's just showing them because statistically so much sexual abuse and assault is happening with people that we as parents trust, right? Right. It's family members, it's neighbors, it's babysitters. Uh, My husband was molested by a babysitter as a young child and hadn't told for years because that's what, that's the nature of what happens in Mm. those situations. So this book is teaching them from such a young age, good people don't tell you to take secrets. Good people don't take you away from the group to touch Mm -hmm. you you know, like it's very simple, but I'm like, this is where you're like, oh, this is age appropriate. And it's like, you're allowed to say no. You're Mm. so it's really, really great. It's by Alison Zimmerman. And then the last one is called, I don't have to choose. And this book, I'm also like, this is, if we could get this, this is faith-based. It's definitely about how God created us. Like I'm a girl because God put two X chromosomes in each of my cells. Hooray. I don't have to choose. I'm a boy Mm. because so it's very, it is faith-based. You couldn't get this in, you know, public schools, but if you are, you know, in a Christian school and then in your home, get this book everywhere. 
I'm mm-hmm. honestly saying get it everywhere because we don't know how long this will be allowed to be sold with right. potential acts that are going before the Senate right now. So it really just introduces the kids. It says, hi, my name is Alex, short for Alexander. It's a boy. Hi, my name is Alex, short for Alexis. I'm a girl. And it's simple. It shows them playing in mud. It's like, oh, it doesn't mean she wants to be a boy because she likes to play in mud. It shows them playing house. Doesn't mean he wants to be a girl because mm. he likes to play house. Such simple language for our kids to understand that this we can break those stereotypes of even just, you know, tomboy or your, you know, and it really breaks it down to saying, you don't have to choose. This is who God made you because in the state of California alone, they say that there are 67 genders, y'all. Mm. And we know that there is male and female God created and said it was good. Mm-hmm. And God gave one man to have a wife and one woman to have a husband. So these are just simple things that I think historically we never like that wasn't a stopping point in the Bible for us. It's not like I was like, oh, that's somewhere I'm going to spend some time you yeah. know, teaching somebody. You just breeze past it. But not anymore. This is stuff yeah. we have to teach and we need to instill it in our kids. If your kids are in public school, they are getting books that are teaching them the opposite of I don't yeah. have to choose as young as kindergarten. There's books teaching them that you can be a duck and a cat at the same time. It's very introductory level that might fly off. You know, it's like kind of under the radar because you're like, oh, they're not talking about sexuality, but they're introducing the same concepts as really, really young ages. So yeah, they're be priming. An advocate for your child. Yep. Priming, priming grooming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. That's so good and so helpful. And we will absolutely, well, you can go obviously to Kate's account and do the swipe ups, but I'll also link them in the show description so that you can have access to those. Cause I think that is so important and such an easy thing to, to just grab and have on your shelf and, and allow you the opportunity to continue that conversation with your kids. Is there anything maybe specific that you found that works with your kids or, or just anything else that you you're like, I need these people to know this. Yeah. We just have the conversation all the time. I mean, it's, we use the word inappropriate. I'm like to hear my five-year-old say inappropriate (laughs) is really cute. Right. But it's like, I'm empowering her to know what is and what isn't appropriate. Um, I'm empowering them. I walked in on my kids, like they were watching a show and I was nearby folding laundry, but I wasn't like in the room. And it was so awesome because I heard some music come on in a commercial that I'm like, hmm, I wonder what that is. And I kind of stood behind them and my seven-year-old's covering my five-year-old's eyes. I was Mm. like, oh, don't watch, don't watch. I'm like, those are wins, right? Where you're like, they get it. And it's not the super religious of now we don't have a TV or it's not, we were even (laughs) out at a restaurant that was playing music and it was so awesome. I was like, Holy spirit, you're so cool. Because my seven-year-old, we were listening. It's funky songs. You know, it's not like it's Christian music. Um, and we we were dancing and just having fun. And then all of a sudden the song started and hadn't even said any words yet. And my seven-year-old was like, we might need to cover our ears. We might need to cover our ears. And it was Lady Gaga born this way. Hmm. And I'm like, you're right. Cause that right there has been a spiritual attack on the psyche of our entire culture Hmm. with born this way, you know? So I'm like, just teaching them doesn't mean we don't listen to that music or we don't go out to those restaurants. You know, like, I think we have to know we have the authority. We do not need to live fear-based. And when you realize that, when you realize, oh, you don't just, it's that same old, I mean, it's Martin Luther King quote, right? Like, like, don't just blame the dark for being dark. Like go shine the light. Like we have to, we have to, we can't live in this fear little bubble of saying, oh, the world is so scary. We need to shine the light in it. We need to, I bring this conversation up 
when I'm with moms on the baseball team, like we're, I think we might be some of the only like believers on the team. I don't care. We're talking about pornography with these moms because yeah. I'm making sure that their boys, they know that they need to talk to their boys. I literally brought the books out once at like a <laughs> team dinner we were having at our house. Cause I want to make sure my kids friends are, yeah. you know, I mean, it's heartbreaking for me, for my fifth grade boy to know that he's the only one who hasn't seen it. Mm-hmm. It's just heartbreaking. So I just, I think it's some of us are like, I don't want to be an expert in this, but you have to be because the world it's not, it's not fair of us to grow, like for, to send our kids into this world and us to not have equipped them, not have empowered them for them to grow up in a little bubble. The world is scary. I mean, the world is scary, but we don't have to live scared. We get to live with total authority with total, um, preparedness we're just prepared we know what god says about it and we know who we are i love my mother-in-law used to always say they my husband has he's one of five and she would say every like day to them remember who you are Hmm. and i think that foundation of they need to know who they are they need to know their identity they need to know what god says and they're going to stand firm and just knowing it's our job to equip them and empower them and so heal yourself, like go after your own healing, invite the Lord into your story or your history, and then start walking this out. Don't wait. There's, like I said, the youngest book is age three. So if you feel like, oh, I'm so behind. I wish I knew this before. Start now, start today. If you have a teenager that you're like, oh gosh, I have no idea what they know or what they've seen. Um, One last resource I'll share, because this is something actually every single person should watch, whether you're a mom or not. I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are. It's called, um, brain heart world. It's a documentary by fight the new drug. It's all about what pornography does to the brain, to the Mm -hmm. heart and to the world. And every person needs to watch it because we need to know the effects that this is happening, having on people all around us that we work with, that we go to church with in our families, that we go to school with, this is affecting people everywhere. It's no, very few people are untouched by it and it will give you a heart. It will give you empathy. It will give you eyes to see. It will give you the ability to pray. It's, it's not faith-based, but it, it doesn't need to be asked. Yeah. It's science. It's like, ask the Lord to sit with you and watch it with you and give you a heart for people that are in your life that are suffering. And then you're going to raise your kids different. When you know this, you're going to have mm. the conversation. So watch that documentary. If you have a teenager, watch it with them. I mean, I'd watch it first. So you feel prepared and like you're <laughs> confident, but then watch it with them because their friends are struggling. Their friends yeah. are in it. So yeah. So good, Kate. Thank you so much for sharing this and resourcing us. I think it's such a big thing. I, I know I felt really when I was pregnant with our third, my oldest was like starting to ask questions about where babies come from. And she was six. And I'm like texting my friend who's a marriage and family therapist. I'm like, uh, help. <laughs> so it, it can feel really big and overwhelming and you don't want to do it wrong or you don't want to, you know, I think people are really afraid of like telling too much or mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to, ex- I don't want to be the one to expose them to these things. It's like, there's a difference between exposing them and educating them. Yeah. And you yeah. are, you are making them aware you are educating them. You are opening this conversation so that they know they can come talk to you about any of it and that you become the expert for them. And, and like you said, asking them questions, seeing where they are so that you can kind of meet them where they're at. So this is just so good. So tangible. And I think, well, I know that if we implement these, it will just help us to grow in our faith and, and have our own healthy sexuality, as well as 
teaching our kids that. So this was yeah. really powerful. I'm really thankful for this. So yeah. I like to end the shows with some fun questions, especially <laughs> these heavier <laughs> topics to lighten things Perfect. up. So really quick, couple of questions. Do you think that breakfast can be eaten any meal of the day? A hundred percent. Brunch is my favorite. Yes. <laughs> and okay. We have Brenner all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I feel the same way and mm-hmm. I don't understand people that don't. Yeah. <laughs> I can have it any meal. Okay. When you're having a bad day, what is something you do to, to turn it around? Great question. Probably coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great I one. I treat myself to really good coffee or I put myself on timeout. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy's going to time out. Nobody yes. come interrupt me. I love yes. it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate you taking the time to resource us and help us and tell people where they can find you. I know we mentioned your, your Instagram, but where can they find you? Yes. Yeah. So Caitlin Zick, it's C-A-I-T-L-I-N, but you're probably seeing it on her podcast. <laughs> Caitlin Zick on Instagram, Moral Revolution is the Instagram there. I highly recommend following it. We actually have an entire e-course called Parenting Sexuality with experts. Um, it's amazing. You can go to both of those on Instagram. Um, and if you go to the link in my bio, you'll see, or Facebook, if that's your jam, I'm there too, just not as frequent, but yeah, (laughs) I have a website, turnuptruth.com. So yeah, you can find me there. And we'll link it all in the show description. So thank you, Kate. I am so grateful for you. Yes. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Rooted and Established podcast. As always, I'm so grateful you took time to listen. I would be honored if you take a moment to leave a five-star rating and positive review. This helps other potential listeners know that this is a podcast worth listening to. And while you're at it, screenshot the podcast and put it on your social media or stories to share with your friends. That is worth a thousand thank yous. But if you tag me, I'll be sure to personally thank you myself. I hope you have a great week and we'll chat again soon.